that Tom Brady is still a doodlehead. That he is, Z-Man. That he is. Tom Brady is still playing like poo-poo. And all is right with the world. Uh, welcome to another episode of Booth Review. As always, I am your host, Devin Primrose, joined by my brother from another mother, Mr. Blake Ivy. What's going on, man? Not much, man. I, uh, I'm, you know, I can't hear the intro yeah. until, so I just heard it as you were talking. That's great. Yeah, he <laughs> is still a doo-doo head. Zeke had a problem with saying he kept calling people doo-doo head. Like, and he just kept saying it. And I was like, listen, the only person you're allowed to call doo-doo head is Tom Brady. And so now he will basically say it as an excuse to be able to call somebody a doo-doo head. He'll just say, Tom Brady is a doo-doo head. So, you know, I'm training up my child in the way he should go uh, so that he, you know, doesn't join the dark side and become a Tom Brady fan. That would hey, be awful. Hey, you're, you're teaching him the right way. That's that's man, man. That's what it's all about, man. What's it's parenting. All about. It's, it's good home training. So, uh, but yeah, man. Oh, uh, things are things are good. I finished up my uh, my last course in seminary this week. Oh, not hey. my last, but finished up my course in seminary this week. I'm only like a quarter of the way to my master's, but uh, I uh, yeah. So done with that until January. Uh, I'm going out of town this weekend. Spend some time with my dad's side of the family. Celebrate my grandmother's birthday. Um, get to go to Dollywood for the first time ever. So pretty excited. Uh, um, so I've got a nice little rest. I can just yeah. take a breath. And uh, I thought I was going to have to take Libby to the emergency room tonight. She fell in the bathtub and her eyelid was bleed. I like had to just yell for Maddie. I was like, I can't deal with this. I don't do blood. But it was her <laughs> first like big injury. Yeah. Um, you know, which, you know, she's way behind Zeke on big injuries yeah. on that alley. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. So so things are, are calm and also crazy. But uh, what about you, man? How are you? I'm uh, I'm here. That's that's about it's about the extent I've had kind of a crazy week. Uh, a lot going on, uh, a lot going on at work. Work's been ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, man, I'm here still kicking. Got to see some some great football this weekend, um, so that's always that's always a good time. A lot of a lot of closer games than there should have been, uh, and a couple of a couple of upsets. Um, but yeah, that good good weekend of of sports. That's just that's for yes. sure. Yes, it was. It was good, man. It was good. So, with that said, who you got as your best of such a great weekend of football? Who is your best of the booth? Well, I'm going to say I can start off with my best of the booth. But I feel like, from what you told me earlier, your under-review would flow nicely with that. So I need to do best of the booth first? Well, that's what I was thinking. If your okay, under-review is who you told me earlier. Uh, yeah, it is. It's still, okay. it's still that. Okay. Um, so... My best of the booth. Originally, I was going to go um, with the Panthers running attack, both Solid. Chubba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard. Chubba, I like Chubba Hubba. Chubba yeah. Hubba and Deontay Foreman both had 74 yards on the ground, which is just interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but dominant on on a Seahawks team that they were not supposed to beat, you know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, that was great, but 
I, we would be, you should not listen to our podcast, any podcast this week that fails to mention what Baker Mayfield did. True. Just, just turn it off. If you start a podcast <laughs> and they, they just don't mention what Baker Mayfield did on Thursday night. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. I love that, that, uh, was it Kirk Herbstreet in the booth that asked Al Michaels? He said, have you ever seen any in all of your years? Have you ever seen anything like this? And he's like, I don't think I have. Baker Mayfield was picked up on waivers. The The Rams announced on Tuesday that they were claiming him on waivers. He yeah. played in a game in Sean McVay's offense, which like Sean McVay's like a G. I know it was a simple enough offense that even Jared Goff was able to be an MVP candidate in it. But it, I mean, he's supposed to be this like offensive savant and Baker Mayfield, who he is whenever he starts this next game for the Rams, he will be the only quarterback in NFL history to start a game for two franchises in the same year. If I heard that stat correctly. Wow. Yeah, that no other quarterback has started a game for a team for two, two different, different teams in the same year. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, you think about the roller coaster that has been Sam, uh, Sam Baker Mayfield's yeah. uh, career, and that he comes out here prime time Thursday night, and he went from only being on the team for two days to being the only quarterback who threw a pass. Technically, he wasn't the starter. It was still, uh, was it, is it Perkins? Is that the dude's name? Um, uh, I think so, because it was yeah. Walford, and then Walford got injured. Uh, right last week or the week before is important yeah i believe that's correct so he he's he technically wasn't the starter but he he's the only one who threw pass and he went 22 for 35 not great but i mean not terrible um 230 yards and that is including a 98 yard touchdown game winning drive just yeah. absolutely incredible and those throws that he made on that last drive were, I mean, in the basket, perfect throws, great catches by the receivers, but they didn't honestly have to move much. Like Vintage it was Baker. Just right there. It was excellent. Yeah. And so, you know, I, again, this is one of those, I, this is multiple weeks in a row that I've had a best of the booth who it's like, you know what? It, it doesn't even matter if this is what this guy's going to do every week. What he did right. this week was incredible. And so, Props to Baker Mayfield. I mean, that's that's crazy. Even if this is the the best thing he does in his career and this is the thing he's most known for, it's still freaking impressive to be on a team less than 48 hours and or, or just over 48 hours and and be able to start. However, that we're not a math pod, podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I, I mean, to me, to me, it kind of showcases like why this guy was drafted number one. Um, yeah. I say what you want about how his career has has panned out you know i think that a lot of it is due to being in a franchise that was stuck on the coaching carousel and having to play for multiple different systems over the the four years that he was in cleveland um and then he goes to carolina and first year in carolina the head coach gets canned after the season has to learn another whole new system under steve wilkes um so it's just it's it's that constant instability at the most important, you know, leadership position for a player. Uh, but 
I think that this just showcases that this guy is like he is a a smart football player, smart enough to be able to go in, learn plays in two days, learn a playbook, and, and turn around and and go out there and ball out, have have a good yeah. game. Um, for most of it, he didn't look great, but what do you expect from a guy that's that's right. you know been there for two days and then to to finish the game in that fashion? I think I, I posted in Discord like immediately after that. This is this is the Baker that we that we love to see. Like this is yeah. the guy that we all hope to see when he came out of college, and that the handful of times that it happened throughout his tenure in Cleveland, this is what we loved about it. Uh, yeah. Is is the guy that that goes out there, puts the team on his back, says, "I've got this. We're winning this game. We're doing it." Uh, and it's it's the Baker that that wakes up feeling dangerous. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> and and it's fun. And I I like I still have hope that he can find success somewhere in the NFL because that player is incredibly fun to watch. But the flip side of that, when he's playing terrible is incredibly sad to watch. So I'm, I'm hopeful that if there is some kind of long-term, um, long-term injury for Stafford in, in LA, and they do have to figure out a quarterback situation for next season, I'm hopeful that Baker can be the guy, and we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how he looks down the stretch over the next four games, because I do think that this is a tryout potentially for next season. Um, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm very hopeful for him. Yeah. Yeah. Hats, hats off to Baker. Just job well done. Football job is more well fun when Baker is playing well. Definitely, he's just a fun Definitely. player to watch. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Uh, so who you got as your best of the booth? I'll act surprised. Like we haven't talked about so this. I'm about to argue a whole lot. My best of the booth is specifically one former Rams quarterback in Jared Goff, who had a fantastic day against a Decent but not great Vikings offense, but or Vikings defense, um, yep. but a, but a team that is a ten win team, and a team that they probably should lose to, that they're probably inferior to. Uh, but Jared Goff didn't care. He went out went out there twenty seven of thirty nine for sixty nine point two percent completion percentage, three hundred and thirty yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Just a very very good, efficient day. Uh, not turning the ball over. And and getting it done in the passing game. And really, that's kind of what he's done over the last six games that they've been on this uh, streak turning around their season. Over the last six games, they've gone 5-1. and one. They started off the season going 1-6, and six, this, this Detroit Lions team. And over the last six games, he's thrown 10 touchdowns to just one pick. Over the first seven, he had 12 touchdowns with six picks. Uh, a Something that could be causing that difference is guys are starting to get healthy. They're coming back, his receivers, his weapons. Yeah, I think he's also being better, uh, protected better. Uh, over the first seven games, he was sacked 13 times. Over the last six, he's only been sacked six times. So he's facing less pressure, which probably means better blocking. Um, and I think that he's also realizing that he doesn't have to be the one to do it all because the Detroit defense has been playing a lot better too. I want to give you some some defensive statistics here. Over the first seven games, when they went one and six, this defense was the worst in the league. 
32.2 points per game, a minus five turnover differential, only 11 sacks. Five of those were in one game against Washington. So really six over the other six games. And they were allowing a completion percentage of 70.6. Over the last six, when they've gone five and one, this defense has allowed 20.3 points per game. That's 12 points less per game. They have a turnover differential of positive eight, plus eight. Hmm. 15 sacks, so getting more pressure consistently. 60.5% completion percentage. That's a drop of 10%, which... I think it's pretty drastic in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I think this team is, has completely turned their season around. They're, they're in a spot to where if they went out, maybe get a couple teams to lose a game here or there, they're probably going to finish in that seventh spot. They're going to get into the, into the playoffs. And I think this is a team that could go on the road as a wildcard team and sneak out a victory in the first round of, of, of the playoffs. Um, I could very easily see them getting to the second round. I don't want to say they're going to go on a Super Bowl run. Um, I don't think that this team is quite there yet, but they are certainly building something. And I think that the last six games has shown a lot about the future of this team. Um, Dan Campbell is making some really good coaching decisions over the last six games. I think in Buffalo, he had a couple of, of couple of blunders that might have cost him, cost him that game. But on yeah. Sunday... He was aggressive in coaching. He had called a fake punt when they were, yeah. I think they were already up three points. Um, he and called, they were like almost in their own, in the opponent's field goal range, if that makes sense. Like if yeah, they hadn't yes. gotten it, I think they would have given it to them in field goal range. Yep. Yeah. On, on a third down um, when they, when they were expected to just be running out the clock, they called a pass play to Panay Sewell. Uh, yeah. like, like amazing, aggressive play calling that I think just, like, it shows where this team's confidence level is. Um, and I'm excited, man. This this Lions team has been fun to follow over the last year and a half. Very heartbreaking to follow at times, too. Um, but they finally are figuring it out, and I'm excited for the future. So I have to give it to specifically Jared Goff, but really the entire team and Dan Campbell for a fantastic performance on Sunday. Yeah, what's funny is before we talked... Uh, I had actually done the research, and I was going to make the Lions offensive line my best of the booth. Mm. Um, I had already, like, I, I kind of watched, if if you guys have never watched Baldy's Breakdowns on YouTube, they're fantastic. Like, you know, you if watching NFL Red Zone, and, and even if you go watch highlights, you don't always get, like, the full story of the why. Yeah. Like, when you, when you look at the stat line of this game, they're... There's not much of a difference. These two teams, in terms of passing yards, almost identical. Kirk Cousins yeah. and Jared Goff both played really well. Um, both teams, it, it, the time of possession, I think, was similar. The total yards were similar. The number of drives was similar. There were two. There were two main differences, though. One um, is that the Vikings, who are supposed to have a pretty good defense, right? Like right. they're not. They're not as uh, I would say lopsided as the like the Seahawks or the Lions, where it's like, oh, you have one half of the ball that it's like, oh man, that's terrifying, and the other half that you're like, man, whatever, I can live with that. Right. Um, but they they're not as balanced as like the Eagles, you know, where it's like both sides or or the Bills, where both you're like, I'm scared of both sides of the ball. Right. Um, 
But the Vikings are supposed to have a, a competent defense, at least. But, I mean, uh, there were... They didn't sack Jared Goff at all. No sacks. There were three hurries yep. and four quarterback hits, so seven total pressures. pressures. Um, I mean, that's that's unbelievable. Watching Baldy was talking about it, and he's like, look at this protection. Yeah. The protection that Jared Goff has been getting. And, and I actually... I, this is you know a recurring theme as we keep talking about offensive lines. Offensive lines are what it takes to win in the NFL. When Jared Goff was having an MVP type season, he was playing in LA for the Rams, and they were the their offensive line was the best offensive line in football. Yep, it was like they were they that he was getting tons of time. He was able to sling the ball all over the place. And then their offensive line goes down. And, and even this year, you could see it with Stafford. Like, I mean, he's running. He maybe was running for his literal life back there with how bad that injury could be. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I, it, but I thought we were going to argue about this a lot more. But I actually agree with you on, on most of those things. I, I think that their pass defense has has gotten to be where it is um, that kind of like above average, maybe even like Kansas City level, that it's yeah. like they're getting enough pressure and and their their corners and their safeties on the back end can cover enough to where they can slow down effectively slow down yeah. most passing attacks. Now they did not do that on Sunday. <laughs> the Vikings still were able to get whatever they wanted through the air. Justin Jefferson had like what two hundred and forty or two hundred and twenty plus receiving true, yards in that. True, ridiculous. And I do think that speaks more to their secondary, which I I think the secondary has been their weakest point all season, in my yeah. opinion. Um, but they were they still put a lot of pressure on on Cousins. Cousins played probably the best game of of his season. Uh, on Sunday, and they put a decent amount of pressure. I want to say they got three or four sacks on him on Sunday. Uh, three sacks, three sacks on Sunday. Yeah. So, so they still put in pressure on him. Um, this is actually the one game that I had. Usually on Sundays, I just have red zone going, and I had yeah. red zone going on the TV, and I had this game pulled up on my phone to watch specifically. Um, so I saw a lot of this game, and even defensively, like. They're doing some fun things with that line, that defensive front. Um, yeah. So, I think they're the like you said that this that's one area of the defense that has, I feel like, improved consistently throughout the season as it's gone on. Yes. Um, so. Yeah, but and and on the flip side of that, you know, you said it teed up nicely to my under review. Under yeah. review, I'm gonna go with the Vikings run game. That's I mean fair. that the the. The Lions have the seventh worst run defense in the league. Yeah. They're not a good run defense. The The only other team that they've really shut down um, in, in this fashion is they did it to Saquon Barkley a few weeks ago. But it both in both cases, they put both teams in such a, a deficit out the gate. Well, I don't know that they necessarily did in this game. Um, sorry, I, I was thinking about the, the Jags. They, the Jags, they held to 95 yeah. yards, which is pretty good. You hold somebody to under 100, that's pretty good. But the Jags and the Giants, they were both down a lot. And so it's like, you're not going to run the ball at this point. But right. um, the the real disparity in this game is the Lions were able to run the ball and the Vikings were not. The Vikings could not run the ball. Um, Dalvin Cook had 22 yards and a fumble. Like, yeah. 
that's that's terrible for one of who is supposed to be one of the more reliable running backs in the NFL. His longest run of the day was five yards. <laughs> that was his longest run of the day. Yeah. Uh, again, they were still able to get whatever they wanted via the passing game. Um, but but really, when you when you look at when you look at stats on this game, and you're like, okay, what happened here? Um, the the real disparity is the run game. Vikings were not able to do the sorry the run game and the pass protection. Are, those are the two big ones that Lions were able to protect. Vikings were not, but it didn't seem to hurt the Vikings much because the Vikings still threw the ball all over the place. Right. Um, and but the Vikings just could not get anything going on the ground. And Dalvin Cook had a fumble. Um, the the Lions had no turnovers in this game, and then uh, Hawkinson also fumbled one time. For the Vikings, um, maybe it's Hawkinson's fault. Maybe he was holding the Lions back. Now he gets over to the Vikings, and he's got just some kind of voodoo hold on the team that is he's playing against or playing for. But really, um, really though, you say you say this isn't a, a great rushing defense. I'm not going to really argue, argue that point much. Um, but I will say that. The turning point of the season, that that Packers victory they got uh, six weeks ago, over the last six games, uh, they've had two bad games rush defense-wise. One was against the Bears, where Justin Fields ran all over them. That was that was the right. game where everybody was like, oh, this Chicago offense is amazing. Right. Um, they allowed 258 rushing yards. Terrible. Uh, and then the second one was against the Bills, where they allowed 164. Again, mobile yeah. quarterback Josh Allen. Outside of that, 106 to the Packers, uh, 89, yeah. 89 to the Giants, 95 to the Jags, 22 to the Vikings. Like those are good. Those are good days. And like none of those teams have prolific rushing offenses. The Giants do with um, with Saquon. The Packers can at times with with Dylan and Jones. Um, but outside of that, none of those teams have prolific. But still, when you're holding teams to 100 yards or less. Still doing pretty good. And even the week before yeah. the Packers against the Dolphins, which was another close game, they held them to 107 rushing yards. So yeah. it's really a, but, a handful well, like of I, outliers, I, but yes. With the Giants and the Jags, both of those teams got down by over a touchdown, maybe two yes. touchdowns in the first quarter. Yeah. And so, like, you're not going to try to push the run game at that point. Right. Um. So, yeah, I, I, those two, I think, are more situational football than – necessarily like an elite run defense you know but yeah. especially because like and and it is a testament to the lions offense because this lions offense you if when you get down you're like oh man we've got to play catch up because they could score again quick like this lions offense is i, I mean i really think i'd probably put them in terms of of how dangerous they are top five in the league yeah like this lions offense is unbelievably good um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm about, I'm about the Lions offense. I'm starting to believe more in the Lions defense. Um, I, you know, but that's, to me, that's the side of the ball that I'm not quite convinced oh, yeah. yet. That's fair. Um, that's fair. But, but as far as like passing attacks, I, I really don't like, I would put the chiefs above them. Um, I would put, <sighs> I think the bills are above them. I would probably put the I would probably put the Chiefs and the Dolphins above them, and I I don't know that I would say that the Bills have a better passing attack 
than the Lions. Uh. And 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 on a normal day, obviously it wasn't so this day, but I would say the Vikings yeah. Yeah. Are, are probably in that same. I mean, that's oh, and the Bengals. Yeah. You know, those are to me, those whatever order you want to put those in, honestly, after Kansas City, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. You could argue that the Bills, the Bengals, the, the Eagles, Vikings, right there too. the Lions. See, I feel like the Eagles are so much more of a pass heavy, I mean a run heavy team. They are, but um, but but they're so explosive in the passing game too. Between AJ Brown yeah. and Devontae Smith, like those guys can burn you every single day. Yeah. Um they rely on the run, I think, to help set up the passing game. And they do it yeah. very well. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And I, and I've kind of said that all season that the defense is the big area of concern, even when they were losing like that. That was the reason they were losing is because of the defense and the defense allowing so many points. And I think they've done a very good job. I don't know what has changed over the last six weeks uh, specifically, but they've done a very good job of really kind of flipping, flipping that around um, yeah. and changing it up. So I'm excited, man. Like I said, I don't know. I don't know how far into January they'll play if they even get to January football, but I think next year is going to be a huge year for them potentially. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah, especially if they can add a lot through the draft cuz they still whose pick do they have? They have the Rams. That's a top 5 pick guaranteed almost at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean like you've got a top 5 pick that you're going to be able to take one of those one You're, of those you're probably going to you're probably going to have your pick of the top cornerback that's out there, the top edge rusher if you want to pair one with Aiden Hutchinson, uh, yeah. the top line linebacker, like whichever area of concern you feel like is the biggest on your defense, you've got your pick of, of the top guy there more than likely. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on where they land, you know, over the next four weeks, they could have a top 15 to 20 pick as well. Yeah. So of, of their own. So they got yeah. a lot of building block, a you know, lot, here. a lot. Yeah. And I, and and I think they've got the right guy leading that team. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I agree. I think that you know, as long as they can keep their coordinators and and their you know, there's no telling if their offensive coordinator is going to get poached this offseason. Yeah. Um, which is entirely a possibility. Like if 100%. I'm a team, if I'm a team, it's like yeah, yeah, I would love to have the Lions offensive coordinator please be my head coach. Yeah. You know, that's that's a team that you're kind of drooling over one of their coordinators, so um Yeah. You know, as long as he can as long as you can keep that that identity around and keep that offensive line. I mean, those are the two big ones for me. So absolutely. But, absolutely. Yeah, see, okay. We didn't argue as much as I thought. I'm sorry for the false advertising. We <laughs> just kind of agreed. I felt like, I, I felt like we wouldn't argue that much. I mean, I, I don't, I thought you were going to come in here and try to tell me that the lions have like a great defense. And I was like, I'm no, but I, but I, but, I, but so I think they're still ranked like, 30th in the league from a from a points and from a yardage standpoint but i think that that's so much because of the first seven games of the season and the last six they have drastically improved i'm not going to say they're you know a top five defense in the league now but a mid-tier average type defense i think that's probably where they're at yeah they're uh they're still 31st yeah. In total points allowed. Yeah. Uh, and in total yards, they are also 30, 31st. And, and I want to say, I think I looked up, because like I said, over the last six games, they've allowed 20.3, I believe is what it was. Uh, Yeah, 20.3 points per game. And I, I believe that is probably, I believe it's somewhere in that like 15th to 20th area 
in the league if 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 they had that all season. Yeah, so yeah, uh the right now the Cincinnati Bengals have been allowing 20.4 a game uh and they're 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11th. Yeah. Um so, so that's what I'm saying. Like I I'm not going to say they're a top 5, but I think average to top half of the league, I think they're right around that area. Yeah, but like you're also talking about they've played It is true. The Giants, the that Jags. That is true. But they but they've played that they've played a Bears team whenever they were scoring points on everybody uh, and and Bears the offense looked, 30 on them. They did. And a Packers team that can be explosive at times although hasn't been this year and the Giants were still like a 7 and 3 team when they played them. They've so been frauds. I agree, but a lot of people bought in. A lot of people bought in. So I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. Also the Jags just scored like 34 points on Tennessee. So I think that offense is is good, but not great. Every blind squirrel finds a nut. I mean, that is true. That is true. Uh, just quickly hit my under review. Um, yes, it's it's Lovey Smith and the Texans defense um, because oh. for fifty seven minutes the Houston Texans had the game won against the Dallas Cowboys, what would have been the biggest upset of the season. Uh, Houston, you held this team. This Dallas offense that just dropped 54 points a week ago to only 20 points for 57 minutes of this game. You had no reason to. Your season was over with. It's been over with. Winning a game could actually hurt your chances to get the first overall pick, but that didn't matter. You came out and fought. You took it to Dallas for the pride of the Lone Star State. And you were up three with less than six minutes to go. Intercepted Dak for the second time on Dallas' own 11-yard line. And after getting stuffed on third and goal, you decided, you know what? Instead of kicking the easy field goal to go up six, we're going to get a little greedy. We're going to go for the touchdown. You get stuffed again, you turn it over. It's okay, though. you got to keep him from scoring. That's all you got to do. What do you do? You let him drive 98 yards to score a game-winning go-ahead touchdown drive uh, to make it eight games in a row that you have now lost. I just think that's disgraceful. Uh, I think that you should be ashamed of yourself. Everybody knew what you had to do. You knew what you had to do, and you couldn't get it done. Minutes away from the biggest upset, and you let it slip between your fingertips. Um, and I do think that that coaching decision by Lovey Smith was the wrong decision um, to go for it on fourth and goal instead of kicking the points. Uh, ultimately, in the end, it wouldn't have mattered because Dallas did go down and score a touchdown. But I think when you're up six points, it sends a different message to that team of, hey, we're forcing you to beat us by, by getting a touchdown. You can't just go down and kick a field goal. So maybe things play out differently. Who knows? But I think that was a very bad call in that moment. Um, so that's why I put him under review. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's, I mean, I'm tempted because, like, I've said all year, the Texans make teams forget how to play football. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. But apparently when people it's it's the navy and red and people are like, what is this weird color scheme? This is just like it really can we just talk about it for a minute? Like it's the weirdest color scheme in the entire league. It is honestly, weird. I can't I can't think of a team whose color scheme I like less. Uh, all of them. It's like <laughs> uh, yeah, the give me the Broncos, like the orange, the orange and the navy, like sure, sure, I guess, but like just red and navy? Yeah, I just I'm not a big navy fan yeah, like in you. just in terms of color this we're becoming a color podcast. We're going to uh 
Is if we could be, if I could be a color commentator and I could just comment on colors all day, that's what. It's like, uh, no, no, thanks, Navy. Like, make up your mind. Either be blue or be black. But like, this is, and I say all this, and you're wearing a Navy shirt. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I don't disagree with you though. But yeah, it's like Navy. You know what? You know what? <laughs> Navy, you're under review, Navy. <laughs> well, get it together. Be be like a blue gray. Blue gray got it going on. Blue gray is a great color. It's one of my favorite colors. Like, but like navy blue and and just nothing. I just you can miss me with navy. How about that? You can miss me now. Branch of the military. Hey, thank you for your service. You guys are great. I'm sure. But like, maybe you should have named yourself after something that didn't suck, like the color <laughs> navy. Like, well, I just. <sighs> Anyway, so that's what you get, Texans, for making your color navy. Yeah. Navy. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> we got a legit counterfeit this week. <laughs> oh, man, I don't. I, you know, I prepped for the show and I just like literally forgot about uh, I, legit or counterfeit. I've got one for you that might, that, that might be a little too soon. This will be quick. This will be a quick okay, hitter. Okay. Okay. Brock Purdy will be the best quarterback of this draft class. Oh, remind me who else we got. We got Ritter. We got any Pickett, Pickett Malik, we got Willis. Malik Willis. Those are really um, the big ones. Matt Corral went to Carolina. He hasn't seen any action. Um, I'm going to say no, just because uh, I'm going to say counterfeit. I just think that, um, I think that Pickett already has shown like more, even though it might not necessarily be as good, but Brock Purdy hasn't had to do much yet. You know, like True. he got to play against a Chargers team or a uh, Dolphins team who had never seen him play before. And so like right. they didn't game plan for him. And then he goes up against a Bucks defense that is non-existent really at this point. Like, and Fair. he didn't play, he didn't play, lights out you know he played okay no um and so if if you're if like if you're gonna play mediocre against the bucks um but i so i don't know that i would say i would say counterfeit of him being the best qb in the draft class now if you would ask me could he be a starting qb could he be the the 49ers next starting qb I might say legit like uh, i would 100 percent say legit right now like i think that he's showing some some talent some skill and maybe it's just that like i would look like an okay quarterback out there with this 49ers offense like you know like this 49ers offense is just absolutely ridiculous and you've got kyle shanahan who is one of the better play callers in the last few years yeah drawing up these creative plays for these unicorns and Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, that Brock Purdy, all you have to do is not suck, which is essentially all that you've had to tell Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, hey, just don't suck today. That's like, that's all you have to do. Just yeah. don't suck. And so, you know, I, I see him as being like, so far, what I see from Brock Purdy is like game manager type QB. Um, there's still maybe a... There's it's definitely the Homer in me that's like, hey, Desmond Ritter could be a gunslinger diet Patrick Mahomes style QB. Kenny Pickett could be a 
uh, diet Drew Brees type QB um, that's able to, you know, make something happen out of nothing and and be good enough. Yeah. Um. So I, I I'm not ready to crown him that yet after two games. So I'm gonna go counterfeit. So I'm going counterfeit only for the sole reason that he doesn't have a starting job starting job lined up for him currently. Um yeah. I think that Desmond Ritter, as long as he plays good, he has a job pretty much waiting for him. Um Kenny Pickett, as long as he plays good, he has a job pretty much waiting for him there. Right. Uh, Brock Purdy doesn't. As soon as Garoppolo is healthy, unless he plays Trey Lance or Trey Lance, as, 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 as unless Purdy plays lights out throughout the rest of the season, which could happen, who knows? Uh, I think that they're going to go back to Garoppolo or Trey Lance. Um, right. But Purdy, you, you said mediocre day. He went sixteen or twenty-one. 185 yards, two touchdowns. Like he had, he had a decent day. It's not a great, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not a lights out day, but it's a, right. it's a, that's that's a good, respectable performance. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I meant. Like Efficient, it was like oh, yeah, no sure. turnovers. Um, and I'll say Ultimate this: game manager type QB. Yes, I, I agree. Right. I agree. But I'll say this: what impressed me the most about watching him this week, um, and I didn't really get to watch him much uh, last week against the Dolphins, so maybe I would have seen the same thing. But what impressed me the most about about him this week is. There's two things that you often get from from rookie quarterbacks, especially rookies making their their first start. Um, you either get a quarterback that sits in the pocket too long, trying to to find somebody and holds onto the ball too long, and yeah. so get a lot of sacks, or will get strip sacks, or will uh, try and rush the ball and, and force it into tight situations um, and turn the ball over that way. Or you'll have a quarterback that, when their first read isn't there, they just take off and start uh, start trying to pick up pick up yards with their feet. Brock Purdy yeah. showed incredible pocket awareness to me, veteran pocket awareness of knowing when the pocket is collapsing and either getting rid of the football or getting out of the pocket and and not necessarily taking off with his feet, but continuing to go through his progression on on the move uh, and make a play happen that way. And I think that is like, that to me is like miles ahead of what I've seen from Pickett and his pocket awareness and from what yeah. I've seen very limited from Malik Willis in Tennessee, um, which has been terrible. I am excited to see Ritter. I, you know, it's hard to answer this without seeing Ritter and we'll see him on Sunday for the first time. Um, but I really, I was really impressed with how Purdy handled himself because he was under pressure yeah. a decent amount um, from that Tampa Bay front, and he it didn't bother him. He showed incredible veteran presence in the pocket. Um, so, but again, going counterfeit. Yeah, yeah. Good, good question. I like it. I like it. Well, I say that it is time to put Week 14 in the rear view and turn. Our heads towards week 15. We got four weeks left, man. Four weeks of the regular season left. That's it. But let's get picky with it. Getting picky with it. Getting picky with it. Getting picky with it. Getting picky with it. it. 
Do we have any playoff clinching scenarios? I know, I know we do, but do you have yes. some info for me? I've got you some info. So first off, no more buys. We can say bye bye buys. Um, bye bye buys. Bye bye. Um, all right. So here's I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with all of it. So first off, we've got we've added one more official elimination. Last yeah. week, uh, it was the Texans and Bears who had yep. been eliminated. This week we add the Broncos officially eliminated from Unzo. playoff contention. My division winner for that season, uh, the the second AFC team to be eliminated from the playoffs. As we all predicted, uh, Russell Wilson and the Broncos are terrible. So here are some clinching scenarios. So the Chiefs can clinch on Sunday with think a long, win. Yeah. Yeah. They win. They win yep. if they clinch. But they also can clinch if they can also clinch the, their division if they lose and the Chargers lose to the Titans. Yep. Uh, they can also clinch with a tie against Houston if the, Char- the Chargers tie as well. Uh, they can also punch a – this is according to SB Nation that I'm essentially reading off. They can uh, punch a ticket through a few different combinations if they tie the Texans. Anyway, Chiefs Chiefs can clinch this week. We'll just say that way. Yeah. Uh, the Bills can clinch. Uh, all they need is to win over the Dolphins. Um, and then, obviously, like a bunch of other random stuff. So there's only two AFC teams who can clinch on Sunday are is the that, Chiefs Is that Bills. for a playoff spot or for the division? Um, so, yeah, they, sorry. I know the, the Chiefs can clinch the division, I believe, with a win. Yes, Chiefs clinch the division. It looks like the Bills are just clinching a playoff spot. Okay. Uh, I don't know that they have, they are able, yeah, they can't clinch their division quite yet. Okay. Um, according to this. Uh, NFC, the Vikings can lock up their division, um, hey, they could have locked it up on they Sunday. Would have locked the it up. The Lions took care of business. It did. Um, so if they win or tie, they win the division. Yep. So there, there you go. There's obviously a bunch of other things. Um, 49ers, uh, they all they have to do is beat the Seahawks and they clinch the division. So they mm. they beat they beat the Seahawks on Thursday and they clinch their division. Um, the Cowboys can clinch a spot through six different combinations. Uh, this one starts off with the easiest. We'll just read that one. Um, if they win over Jacksonville, that's it. They okay. are they are in the playoffs. Uh, they still have to play the Eagles on Christmas Eve, which is is essentially their only hope of winning. It's for, the yeah, division. it's for the division, pretty much. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's a bunch of other scenarios that they can uh, and that. So then, here's some some elimination scenarios. Um, four teams in the AFC could be eliminated this week. The Colts, the Steelers, the Raiders, and the Browns um, all can be eliminated this weekend. I won't get into the specifics of how. Uh, and then the NFC, the Rams, Cardinals, and Chargers are all facing official elimination. Wait, not the Chargers. Sorry, what? I said Chargers? Yeah. The Rams, Cardinals, and Saints. Okay. I don't, I don't know how that came out of my mouth. <laughs> Rams, Cardinals, and Saints 
all could be. Um, if they, if the Saints lose the Falcons and the Bucks win, that eliminates New Orleans. Interesting. Okay. Makes sense because there's a two two game gap there with four to play. So yeah, is, that makes who sense. Who is coming up with these things? And it's like and it's like, or if the Falcons win and somebody ties, then they're also eliminated. Whatever. Just shut up. Hey, That's if, not gonna if happen. If you want to try and predict it yourself, they've already got the NFL playoff machine up on ESPN.com. So they do go have a blast creating all the different scenarios. Um I don't understand how that works. Well, it's all tiebreakers and stuff, but yeah. Let's get into the action of Week 15. Starting us off over on Thursday night. This could be a sneaky fun one, man. Uh, we've got the San Francisco 49ers heading up to Seattle to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Seattle coming off that upset against the Panthers. Um, the 49ers coming off a complete blowout of, of the Bucks. Uh The Niners, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Think you can make an argument that it could be a little bit higher, um, but I think Vegas is anticipating that Seattle offense bouncing back a little bit, um, and the Niners maybe not being as good with Purdy in a second start uh, once yeah. there's a little more tape out there on him. Who knows? But I've got the Niners in this one. I think it's a fairly easy game to pick. Uh, who you got, man? Yeah, yeah, I'm the, I'm with you. I uh, I've got the 49ers in this one. I just think they're the better team. Yep. Uh, you know, it is it is hard because it's in Seattle, which is a tough place to play. And, you know, we're yet to see Brock Purdy. Falter. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. But it's also like we're yet to see him like be. Like we haven't seen a Mike White-esque game from him on either end of the spectrum. You know, like True. we haven't seen a four pick game and we also haven't seen a 400 yard game. So True. it's like, what do we is is what we're seeing from Brock Purdy what we should expect? Um, or or do we just kind of expect the other shoe to drop at some point? I'll say um, this, though. This, this could be the game where he's got to step up a little bit because Debo Samuel went out with the injury on yeah, Sunday. That's, that's a big playmaker. I mean, San Francisco's got plenty to, to go around. Um, but yeah. Debo is, I mean, he's, he's a big threat in that offense. And so without him... I think he's going to have to step up a little bit more. I think McCaffrey's going to have to step up a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And that defense is just unbelievable. Yes. Killer. Yeah, to me, to me, San Francisco currently is probably the third best team in the NFC behind Philly and Dallas. Um, I really like Minnesota, but Minnesota definitely has their flaws. And I would take San Francisco over them currently. Yeah. Well, let's head over to Saturday. We get a triple header over on NFL Network. And starting us off at 1 p.m. on Saturday, we get the Indianapolis Colts heading into Minnesota to take on those Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Minnesota four-point favorites. Probably could be a little bit higher against this Colts team. This Colts team is a mess. Um, who knows what's going to shake out in the offseason for them, but they've got a lot to figure out. Uh, I've got the Vikings win this one pretty easily. Um, would it be crazy for the Colts to put up a fight? I don't think it'd be crazy, but I don't see it happening. Um, who you got, man? I, I, I didn't realize we had Saturday football until you just, until you said, until you pointed out it was on Saturday. That's crazy. 
Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. I didn't even know to be excited about football this Saturday, but now I am. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings in this one. I do think that the Vikings are the better team. The Colts have looked much better under Jeff Saturday, but I don't know if that is going to be enough to beat a Vikings team uh, that's got 10 wins, you know? Yes, and a Vikings team that is playing for a division title. All they've got to yeah. do is win this game, and they're in the playoffs. They've won the North, like, Go out there and take care of business. You got no reason not to. Yep. Let's move over to the afternoon game. We have the Baltimore Ravens heading into Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland are two and a half point favorites in this game. And I think the reason why is because no Lamar Jackson. Uh, Last reports I saw is that he was aiming to be back by the Christmas Eve game next week. And potentially there's no Tyler Huntley. Uh, Tyler Huntley went down on Sunday with a concussion. Uh, he's in the protocol. Last I saw, is he was progressing well, but there's still no word on who the starter will be for Baltimore. Um, yeah, coming off a short week too. Yeah, I'm I'm tempted. I'm tempted to go Browns here, but I can't do it, man. Like I still I can't. I like that defense at times, um, and I think the offense definitely has pieces. But Sean Watson has just looked bad since coming back like he has not looked good um he's shown me no reason to have faith in that offense putting up points i still like nick chubb i think nick chubb is the best running back in football but he kind of got shut down on sunday as well um so i think i've got to go baltimore i don't like picking baltimore i feel i don't feel great about that pick but i gotta go with the ravens who you got man uh i'm gonna go with the browns i think that the to me, it's the the pieces around those those question mark QBs, you know, like yeah. the question mark of who's actually going to play for Baltimore on Sunday. And then, you know, if if Deshaun now credit to um, the Predator that he did like have a little bit of a better game this week than he did last week. Um, so if he continues that like semi progression. Uh, you know that that'll be good, but I I like the pieces around him on the Browns <clears throat> more than what the Ravens have outside of their QB scenarios. You know, yeah. Um, both on the offensive side and the defensive side, I like the Browns. So I, I'm, and it's at home. You know, again, that's like huge thing. Tickets are as low as eleven dollars. Yeah. Go 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 to that tell game. You, if that doesn't tell you how hard the Browns fans are finding it to support this team, yeah. I don't know what does. That a division game is eleven dollars. Deshaun with, Watson's with a loyal fan base. Like the Dog Pound yeah. is historically a loyal team. That team is yeah. garbage most years, and they're still out there packing the stadium. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't blame you for picking the Browns. I definitely thought about it for a for a minute there. Um, I don't like it. Yeah, but... I, don't, I mean, I don't like picking the Ravens. So, yeah, it's 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 one of those games where it's like this could go either way, and I don't see it being great football in any no. capacity. Well, let's go up to the Saturday night game where we have Miami Dolphins heading into Buffalo to take on their division rivals in the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Buffalo seven and a half point favorites. Um, I think that's fair, given the performances that we've seen from Miami over the last two weeks. 
Granted, they were facing some good defenses, but they've got another great defense in Buffalo to face yeah. this week, and it's going to be a it's going to be a tough task for them. Um, I I'm hopeful that Tua can get back to his the ways that he he was playing earlier in the season. What we've what we've grown accustomed to seeing um, the massive amount of yards that 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 offense racks up, the massive amount of points. But it's gonna be tough against this Buffalo team, and that's and why. in the snow, and in the snow, and that's why I've got the Bills getting the win over Miami and locking up a spot in the playoffs. Who you got, man? I'm with you, man. I think that this game is hopefully it's a treat. You know, like I would love to yes. just see this game be a, a great game, an enjoyable game to watch. Um, you know, really being that we don't really have a dog in the fight, so um, I. I I just want to see good football. Um, but I think that the Bills, with it being cold weather, yep, frosty up there, Bills Mafia going wild. Uh and and you're right, like the the Dolphins have had a, some they're stumbling here at the finish line, which is not what you want to see. Um and instead of finishing strong and being even with these Bills coming into this game, they're they're down two games, and they—I mean—they've got to have this yep. um, if they want to if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive. So, um, you know, maybe there's that that that's motivating them a little bit, but maybe it maybe the stumble continues. So I'm I'm gonna stick with the Bills in this one. Yeah, I mean, this is a game Miami needs to win this, uh, yeah. and, and like division aside. They're still alive for the, for an AFC East title. I don't think they'll get there because this is a very meaningful game in that race. Um, but if they fall here, Patriots are one game behind the Dolphins. The Jets are one game behind the Dolphins. The Los Angeles Chargers are one game behind it behind the the Dolphins. And if it gets to where the Jags potentially somehow pull out the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans are one game behind um, the the Miami Dolphins. So that's four teams right there they could be yeah. in a wild a crowded wild card picture and you don't want to to be sitting even with them um yeah. so this is a this is a very very big game for Dol- for the dolphins and they've done themselves no favors with the way that they've played the last two weeks uh yeah so yeah it's it's gonna be interesting to see gonna be interesting to see for sure let's go over to Sunday where we have the Philadelphia Eagles coming into Chicago to take on the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Bears are eliminated from playoff contention. The Eagles have already locked up a spot. They're still going for that one seed, though, so every win does matter. Uh, Philly, nine-point favorites. Uh, I, I think this is going to be over with by halftime. Uh, Bears have nothing. Philly has everything. I've got the Eagles, obviously. Uh, who you got, man? Yeah, I've got the Eagles in this one too. This is going to be a a slaughter, a <clears throat> slaughter fest, and it's going to be a uh, Jalen Hurts tutorial on what it looks like to be a mobile QB in this league. It's like, sure, Justin Fields, you can run the ball all over whatever. That's fine, but until you learn how to throw the ball, you're not going to be that good. So we're going to see Jalen Hurts give uh, give Justin Fields a little. A little what a little what not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see no good coming from that game for no. the Bears. Uh, let's head on down to Narlands where we have the Atlanta Falcons heading in to take on the New Orleans Saints, led by a new 
quarterback. It's Ritter time in Atlanta. It's what I've been calling for for about like six weeks now. Uh, <laughs> finally, the coaching staff has turned the reins over, which interestingly, Arthur Smith said it was a performance-based decision. If that was the case, why didn't you do it like four weeks ago? I mean, and and, and we, another interesting story in all of this is that Mariota went on IR, uh, even though allegedly it was performance-based, but he's also had this knee, this nagging knee injury, so why didn't he go on IR sooner and Ritter? It's, I'm confused by the whole thing. I think it's very interesting. Maybe you have some more insight into this. Yeah, so based on what I've... Based on what I've gleaned from my research, um, it seems like, you know how there there are guys who it's like they have this nagging injury or whatever and they just kind of play through it. Yeah. And it very much seems like Arthur Smith told Ritter that he was getting benched for performance-based issues, that it was like... Told Mariota. Yeah, sorry. That's what I I meant. I got you. So he he tells Mariota this, and then... uh, the next day he doesn't even come back. Like Mariota just like left. He's like, bye. And then he like informs the team of this injury. And then they put him on IR. They have to pick up another backup. They have to sign another backup quarterback, which like that was the news that came out first was that the Falcons signed another quarterback. And it was like, wait, what? And it's some guy I've never heard of. Like, I have no idea who this guy is. He's a Um, former spring league quarterback. Okay, sure. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. Um, Logan and Woodside. so it's like, yeah, yeah, that guy. Uh-huh. Um, and so it sounds like a made-up name. Like if you were to just be like, "Hey, make up a name for any white guy," you're like Logan Woodside. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's a that's just a random white guy. Yeah. Is he white? Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, that's what I thought. And pretty <laughs> obviously. Um, and so anyway, it seems like Mariota really is just like angry, which is so weird from everything I've heard about Mariota off the field is that he's like a real team first guy. Like he's, he's a real upbeat, like motivating team leader. And I think that, and and from what I know, like the locker room would liked him a lot. And so it's so weird to me that, I mean, there, I, I was, I liked what I saw from Ritter for most of the season because it was what I expected. I never expected him to come in and it'd be like, let's sign this guy for five more years. Like I'd never thought that was going to be the case. Um, He gave me exactly what I expected, but then you have the way he went out last week and he throws a game losing pick against the Steelers team that like we were supposed to beat them. Yeah. And, and he goes out there and it was all, I mean, it's all on him. Like, a lot of his other mistakes he'd made, it was like, okay, you know, the pick against uh, L.A. that he's just trying to make something happen at the end of the game. He's being tackled by Aaron Donald in that moment. And sure. it's like, yeah, of yeah. course, he sailed the ball a little bit. Um, he, he had other plays that other than the one where he's like rolling on the ground and he throws it. That was inexcusable. It's like, what are, on earth are you doing? Um, but... It's like I, I think it was just kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back as far as performance based to me is yeah. what I saw. Um, and then, yeah, it just seems like Mariota didn't like that he got benched. And so he left. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So essentially quit on the team. So I'm uh, I guess I'm officially on, on Peter's side now. Screw Marcus Mariota. That <laughs> he's the worst QB in the NFL. 
Well, he's a bum. I don't like him. I'm excited to see Desmond Ritter. Um, I've been wanting to see him for, like I said, for a couple weeks. I think he looked good in the preseason whenever he, he got out in the field. Um, I'm excited to see how he does uh, in real game action against real NFL starters. Um, and I actually think this is a good this is a good matchup for him. The Saints defense, for as much hype as they got in the offseason, I don't think they're anything spectacular. I think they're right. I think they're a, a mediocre like average NFL defense. They're not bad necessarily, but they're definitely not um, spectacular. So I think this is a good test for him, and I think this will be a good uh, showcase of what he can bring to this this Falcons team. Um, so I've actually got the Falcons winning this one. Uh, I I have very little faith in the Saints team, and I'm much higher on the Falcons. So I'm rolling with with the team of ATL. Who you got, man? Do you even have to ask? Yeah, I, I figured as much. I mean, like, like I I'm a little insulted <laughs> that they have New Orleans favored by four. Yeah, they think I do think it's kind of crazy. Fight, we would lose by one. I, I I do think that it is like the unknown of a rookie quarterback that they're like, I don't know, probably gonna lose because he's a rookie. Um. But I also it's a rookie who they feel like will play better than what Marcus Mariota has been giving them. That's why they gave him the starting job. Yeah. I'm I am not a believer in the whole like, well, let's see what he's got mentality because they see it. They see he's on the scout team offense. He's throwing the ball in practice all the time, yeah. and so they see it. And so if if they're ready for him, they they call him up. So. Um, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. I like you mentioned earlier with the rookie quarterback mistakes. I fully anticipate to see some some happy feet, maybe some uh, yeah. you know, holding on the ball too long or trying to get trying to force something, make something happen, um, underestimating the speed of the the other guys on the across the you know, the defensive players that he still thinks, hey, I might be faster than this guy, and he's not. Yeah. Um you know that just those like game speed things, and so I'm cautiously optimistic. I just want to see him be able to co- to connect with uh, Drake London and have like a like a good deep connection, like deep ball connection yeah. with with Drake London um, would be huge. And even if if Cordell Patterson could get involved in the passing game, um, which he's been pretty much non-existent in this year, yeah, uh, I, I would love to see that. And so I would. I'll be interested to see what the offense looks like with Ritter because he's not quite as athletic as Mariota, but gosh, I don't see how he could be less accurate than Mariota was. So, you know, I, and from what I've seen from him in the preseason, his deep ball ability is better than Mariota. So it'll be interesting to see how, how Arthur Smith adjusts the offense and how much he puts on Ritter. Um, I'm just really excited about it. Just top to bottom, excited to watch Uh, this Falcons team play on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Well, from your exciting game to probably the game I'm most excited to watch. And one that I think is, Oh yeah. Is sneaky spicy. Yeah. And also who would have thought that this game would have meaning in December between these two teams. (laughs) We have the Detroit lions heading into New Jersey to take on the New York jets. Uh, Currently, the line is even. Vegas doesn't know who to favor. Um, nope. Both of these teams absolutely need this win. Uh, yeah. The Lions, in order to keep... I think the Jets could lose and still be okay if they go out and win the, re- the next three games. I think if the Lions lose, their season is done. Um, they're, they're, 
if things miraculously go their way, they could still find a way in. But it's going to be tough at nine and eight to, to sneak into the playoffs. They they need to, to win out and finish the, the season ten and seven. Um, I, I like both these teams. I don't. I think I probably prefer Detroit just because I've been so invested in them over the last two seasons. Um, but this Jets team, I think, is, is a lot of fun. Uh, I think that Mike White is going to have an easier day this week if he plays, um, depending on how bad that that rib injury or whatever he got um, is. We'll see. But I've got the Lions in this one because I've got that much faith in them. I'm still sticking with them. Um, but I don't think this is going to be an easy one for them to win because that Jets defense is legit. Now, I do have a question for you since you are usually the guy on the injuries. Do we know an update for Mike White and do we have an update for Quinnen Williams? Because Quinnen Williams also went down in that game on Sunday. Uh, I am. I'm, that's a great question. I'm like mid looking it up right now because honestly, I've not made my pick for this game. I have <clears> not made. Um, I, I I just don't know. I went. I went solely with my heart on this one. Yeah, because I had um, nothing else to go. Like I think these teams are so similar in position to where like they're both finding success maybe a little too soon. And I think the Jets are ultimately probably more talented in the long run than this Lions team. Uh, but I think the Lions team are they're they're figuring things out and they're starting to believe in themselves. Um, so. It's it's tough to pick. It's tough to pick, man. Yeah, I. It, it's what's so exciting about this game is it's strength versus strength. Like when when this Lions offense is on the field and the Jets defense is on the field, it's going to be like, man, this is must see football. And yeah. then when it's the Jets offense it's against the Lions defense, it's like, let's watch a different game. Um, like, like I don't. I don't want to have to watch the Jets play offense or the Lions play defense, but like if, but I want to watch the Jets play defense and I want to watch the Lions play offense. And so that's to me, what makes this matchup so hard to predict yeah. is like there, it's just a bad matchup for both of these teams. Um, I guess if you're the Jets, this is kind of the matchup you want. You want your defense to be, you know, like you want to be able to lean on your defense. And if your defense plays well, you're going to win the game. I mean, that's just it. Like if the Jets defense comes out and is lights out, you win. But Probably if the Lions too. offense comes out and is lights out, you're going to win. And honestly, I just think that this Lions offense is a little too overpowered for this Jets team to be able to completely stop them. And yeah. and and to me, that's what the Jets would need to do because of their ineptitude on on offense. Um, it, you know, Mike White. Although I almost made him best of the booth for his his just resilience on Sunday, incredible. Yeah. Um, but I this this there's nothing about this Jets offense that is scary to me. And if there is anything, it's slightly the passing game, which is the Lions' strength of their defense is to be able to rush the passer, to be able to, to play deep play pass coverage. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the lions. Um, I, I do. I think that the lions offense is just, I, I'm, I'm really liking what I see from the lions offense. Um, yeah. and, and I, I just don't know that the jets will be able to stop them enough, um, to be able to keep up with them on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah, uh, look, looking up, Lions. looking up some injuries. Uh, 
Sorry, um, I looked it up. They're both day to day, which yes. it, it's yeah. like there's no way to know. Yeah. Yeah, I will say this, though. If Mike White isn't starting this game, I think that drastically reduces their chances because Joe Flacco has looked bad every every time that he comes in in relief outside of the one miracle game he had in the beginning of the season. (laughs) Uh, And Zach Wilson, they're still... I mean, Zach Wilson was inactive on Sunday, again, for the second straight game in a row. Um, So I don't know what is going on in that whole area. But, yeah, if Mike White can't go, that's going to be... It's going to be tough for the Jets. Yeah, Zach Wilson and, and Mark Marietta are just on the Mormon text line just crying. I guess. About, about being benched for for these guys. The Mormon text line. What what a, what a group chat to be a part of. You're, your guys' crazy underwear riding up today? Oh, man. Let's they have to wear their weird underwear under their... Uniform? I don't I don't know anything about let's all not of go that. down the Mormon underwear rabbit hole. <laughs> let's leave that to another podcast. <laughs> oh man. Let's head on down to Charlotte where we have the Pittsburgh Steelers rolling in to face this Carolina Panthers squad. Um I mentioned earlier in the Discord that this Panthers team has been sneaky decent over the last like seven weeks since Steve Wilkes took over. They've gone four and three in that span, which means before that they were one and five when they fired Matt Rule. And they've yep. gone four and three since then, facing like some teams that they probably shouldn't beat, such as the Seahawks um on on Sunday. They also beat the Bucks, like blew out the Bucks, um, which I think the Bucks are a better team. That's not that's not saying much about the Panthers, but I think the Bucks are probably right. a better team. Um, they could have had another win against the Falcons in that crazy, weird game that went back and forth. So this is this is a team that can put up a fight, and I think that the Steelers are probably hobbling right now they've got some some injury concerns of their own they're kind of playing quarterback roulette between trubisky and Pickett. uh going with the panthers again i don't feel great about picking this team uh but i think that they're kind of sneaky um and i don't think this is going to be a good game to watch but could be fun if you're a team or fan of either one of these teams i'm rolling with carolina who you got man yeah, I uh, I'm also going with the Panthers in this one. The Panthers defense has they look transformed, man. I mean they yeah the defense playing like we expected the defense to play all year yeah. is really how they've been playing for about the last four or five games. Um, and I think that what we've seen from Arthur Smith, I, I and I don't know, I, I'm giving him credit because it's the team I see the closest. Yeah, but. Uh, what I have learned this season in watching Atlanta is that most teams' offensive line, it's easier to run block than it is pass protect. So if you have a bad offensive line, the remedy is to run the ball. And so, especially if your strength, like, I know with Atlanta, their strength is in their guards. That that uh, Chris Lindstrom, I think is who it is, is like one of the top rated guards in the lead league and and so like you ride that and you don't have to worry about pass protection 
And so that's that's what's helped Marcus Mariota is that pass protection doesn't have to be great. He just rolls out and he runs around and he's he'll be fine. Right. Um, but you've got this dominant run game because it's like, look, I don't trust this offensive line to pass block. Well, enter the Panthers, who now they're starting to realize, hey, we don't have the offensive line to pass block either. So let's run the ball for 200 yards a game. And they have been – it really is like watching them play Atlanta, they started to just run the ball, and it was like, what, you guys are just doing what we – you just copied us. You're just doing what we did. Stop it. But they're yeah. doing it honestly over the last four or five weeks, they've done it seemingly better. Um, that that both Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard had 74 yards this week. Ridiculous. Um, so if they can do if they with that defense plus a dominant run game, uh, this Panthers team, they they might not be might not want to truffle with them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, let's head on out to, let me find where I'm at. We're going down to Jacksonville, where we have the Dallas Cowboys heading into town to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Cowboys, only four and a half point favorites on the road. Um, I think a lot of that might be due to the way they performed against the Texans on Sunday and the way the Jaguars looked uh, in their game against the Titans, where they pretty much blew out the Titans, uh, very much in control for most of that game. Um, I've got the Cowboys in this one, though. I think the Cowboys are just the better team. There's not much, uh, not much to discuss. I think when it comes to the Jags, I think the Jags are risky at times, can be fun, but they're still another year or two away from being really competitive uh, in in the league. So who you got, man? Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Cowboys. I, I, they are starting to worry me that they might not have what it takes. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. There's no talent. I, I don't, I don't know what's what the, what's the deal in Dallas. It's, I don't know. It's weird, man. They're very. They seem to be a very hot and cold team. Like one week, one week you get a you know, fantastic performance where they put up 54 points on the Colts. Um, and the next week they're, they're doing what they do to the Texans, or you have a game like they had against green Bay where it's like, what, like, what do you, what's, what's happening here? What's going on? Um, but I still think they're one of the best teams. I think they're, they're uh, a heavy hitter and especially in the NFC, but yeah, it's weird. I feel like, I feel like they're, Possibly the most beatable of the big three, yeah. Between Philly, Dallas, and San Francisco, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I do think that maybe it is just a fluke that when you play the Texans, you forget everything you know about football because they're just so bad that it's like, what am I? What are we even doing? Potentially. Do I throw it? Do I throw it horizontally? Is that like? Do I do I turn the football <laughs> wideways and throw it that way? Is that how I'm supposed to throw it? Um. Uh, yeah, so maybe maybe that's what it was, and they're going to come back and be like, no, 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 we do remember how to play and stomp on the face of the Jaguars like yeah. you would expect them to do. So uh, I'm still picking the Cowboys in this one. Um, but, yeah, going Cowboys. Yeah, well, but you... I wouldn't be surprised if the Jags capitalize. Who knows? What I, they, who, I agree. I, I, could see, like, I could see the Jags. I could see the Jags maybe sneaking out like a 
like a 27-24 type victory. Um, or I could also see the Cowboys winning like 31-14. I could see it yeah. going either way. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. And, and you you mentioned tossing the football sideways against this Texans team. Uh, well, maybe we'll get to see some of that on Sunday when Patty Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs head on down to Houston. Oh, there you go. Mahomes likes to make all kinds of weird plays, uh, including it like it's a free throw, including it, just, you know, casually tossing, casually tossing one to his running back uh, to, to take off and score a touchdown with. Uh, it, it, the guy is a human highlight reel, uh, and the Chiefs are favored by 14 against this Texans team. And we all know what happened last week when Dallas was favored by 17. Um, I think this will be a real test to see if everybody does forget how to play against Houston or if the Cowboys just had a very, very bad day. Um, But I've got the Chiefs rolling in this one because I'd be an idiot to pick the Texans, uh, and the Chiefs are too good. So who you got, man? Yeah, same. I mean, why would anybody pick the Texans to win a football game this year? Yeah, yeah, but they they made some people some money on Sunday, that's for sure. Now, now, can they cover the spread? Absolutely. I would not <laughs> bet against them. I wouldn't. I would not bet against the spread if I'm, you know. Yeah. It's like, sure, sure, will it probably happen? Yeah, but it also probably might not. Yeah. Um. Also, why are tickets to this game 78? I guess it's just because it's Patrick it's Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> like, we can charge money for this one. Yep. Can't charge money to come to any of our other games. Yep. That's what it is. That's funny. Well, let's head up to Colorado. We have the Arizona Cardinals. Do we have to? Heading in to take on the Denver Broncos. I mean, the game's got to be played. It was put on the schedule. You can't just take away a game. Um, but <sighs> Kyler Murray is going to be out for the rest of the season. Probably missed time next year as well. Uh, he has torn his ACL, tore his ACL on a non-contact play on Monday night. The old turf monster got him. Uh, and on the real grass, everybody complaining about turf, and it's, we got it. It was the real grass that did it. So I don't want to yeah. hear the complaints. Everybody complains about all oh, the turf, the turf, the turf. It's the real grass that took out Kyler. So yeah, what you got now? Yeah, who are you gonna and, blame now? And on the other side, uh, Russell Wilson might not play in this game either because he went out with a concussion on Sunday and. Hmm, what's his name? Brett Ripien filled in for him. So we, we might get a backup game. And as if this game wasn't already meaningless and awful enough, now we get backup quarterbacks playing in it. Instead of seeing Russ versus Kyler in what, you know, 12 months ago looked like would have been a fantastic matchup. Um, especially with how well those two teams know, or those two guys know each other, haven't played in the same division for a couple years. Um, but yeah. not no mo. So uh, I've got the Broncos in this one because somebody's got to win it. Who you got, man? Same. I got the Broncos. They got the better defense, allegedly. Maybe. Allegedly. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. any. Nobody knows anything about this Broncos team. I'm not even sure that's their real name. Yeah. I, I mean, like, at this point, they could be like, actually, our name is Pedro. And we'd be like, dang it. I knew. knew it wasn't even the Broncos. I feel like the the GMs for, for these two teams should just get together and make this like the head coach bowl. Whoever wins this gets to keep their job next season uh, mm. because both these guys should be gone. Um, yes. But if maybe put a little meaning to this game, make it to where, yeah. hey, go show me something, go win the game. I'll keep you around for another year. Roger Goodell should do that. Be like, hey, 
we don't need this. This is not. This is yep. conduct detrimental to the brand of the NFL. So whoever loses this game, you're fired. But, I'll fire. But would that make you want to watch it anymore? No. Yeah. Same here. Same here. So let's go out to Vegas where we have the New England Patriots heading into town to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the Raiders allowing I Baker just, Mayfield. I just need, I just need to pause. Yeah. You didn't roll the R for the Raiders? Yeah, I didn't. And it, it, like, I'm, I feel like I might need to throw up. Like, they, I don't know. They do not deserve an R roll after what they did on Thursday night, allowing a guy that had been in the building for 48 hours to come out there and beat them. Still living out of his suitcase. Still living out of his dang suitcase. I mean, the guy hasn't even had time to, to go take a bathroom break, I feel like, in that building. Uh, and and you're letting him beat you on Thursday night in primetime on Amazon for the entire world to see. Come on, Raiders. This like this is you've had some low points this season. This might be your lowest point. Uh, and it's not going to get any better because I've got the Patriots coming into town and beating you. And I'm not even that high on this Patriots team. I think they're good, but not great. I certainly don't think they're worthy of being in the playoffs um, when you look at some of the other teams that are right there with them. Yeah. I would much rather see the Chargers. I think I would even prefer to see the Jets with, with the way the Jets have played. Uh, yeah. But the Patriots are right there in the mix, tied with both those teams at 7-6. and six. And I've got them coming into town and taking over Vegas and shutting down the Raiders and getting the win. Vegas, for what it's worth, agrees with me. They have New England as one-point favorites. So they are the favorite on the road. Who you got, man? Yeah, I, for some reason, I'm starting to lean towards the Raiders. I don't know what it is about it, that they're just calling me. Which, don't do it. Which should tell you something. So here's what I'm going to do. Officially, I'm going to pick the Patriots. But I'm just going to tell all of you, Raiders are going to win. And I don't know why I know that, but they're going to win. Raiders are going to come out and win. Devontae I mean, Adams going to have a big day. I wouldn't Josh be... Jacobs going to have a big day. I wouldn't be surprised, and it would be like a, a Josh McDaniels revenge game kind of thing. But go facing Bill Bill Belichick, who we coached under for years and years. Oh, um, I forgot that. Yeah, never mind. Definitely give me the Patriots then. I was about to change my pick until you said that, and then I was like, oh, ain't no way. <laughs> He's gonna out coach Belichick. Yeah, uh, it it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me to see the Raiders win this because that's kind of how the Raiders have been. They've 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 looked really bad at times, and they've gone out and won games that they probably shouldn't win at other times, um, or, or been competitive. That game against the Chiefs, that it was a one-point loss. They should have won that game. Um, they've been competitive against teams that they have no business being competitive against. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me, but I, I'm, I've got to stick with New England. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's... Good, good call. Let's go out to beautiful SoFi Stadium where we have the Tennessee Titans heading into town to take on Justin Herbert and the boys that got it done against the Dolphins on Sunday night football. Chargers currently at home are three-point favorites against this Titans team. Um, I could see it being a little higher than that. Uh, I'm not. I'm. I've. I've fallen off the Titans' love. Um, that offense is real bad outside of Derrick Henry, uh, and Derrick Henry. Did as much as he could on Sunday, put up 122 yards. I think like 97 of those were in the first quarter, uh, and then he fizzled out. But he he tried 
he tried to, to get it done and could not. Um, and I've got the Chargers in this one because I think that team is getting healthy at the right time. Uh, they were without a lot of players on the defensive side on Sunday night, but that offense is getting things clicking. They're getting guys back. Um, for the I think this is the first game that they had that Herbert had Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I think I want to say. Um, so I I'm yeah. excited for where the Chargers are headed because I really like this team. I think they've got a lot of good players. They've just been banged up all season, and if they can get healthy at the right time and get into the playoffs, I think they could give themselves a chance. Uh, I've got the Chargers. Who you got, man? I don't know. So I was originally at. So here's here's I'll take you on the roller coaster I've been on in the last thirty seconds. Originally, I'd pick the Chargers, uh, but because you guys keep talking smack about the Titans, and I keep trying to tell you they're a really good team, uh, I was like, you know what? Out of principle, I'm going to take the Titans. Then I looked it up. Chargers have one of the worst run defenses in the league. Like, bottom five run defense in the league. That spells disaster to play against Derrick Henry, right? It could. could. Um, I don't know what just... There we go. Okay, cool. Um, And then... So bottom five defense, and then I was like, okay, well let me let me look at some other things. Uh, Titans have one of the best run defenses in the league. They have a a top ten total points offense. I mean total points defense. Then you go to their passing defense, and they're the second worst passing defense in the NFL. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, well that's not what you want to see against the Chargers. Like, yep, of all the teams, it's like, no, 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 you need to stop the pass. It's the Chargers. Like you got to. You can't you can't just let Justin Herbert do whatever he wants to you because you're gonna lose. Um, so I don't know. Like sitting as it right now, it's a terrible matchup for both of these teams. That yeah. the Chargers should be able to throw the ball however they want, and the Titans should be able to run the ball. And and when you have those two things, it's like, well, I'm tempted to take time, like clock management, Titans run the ball, Derrick Henry. And honestly, coaching, I'd probably go Mike Vrabel over Brandon Staley. But also, if you've got the second worst yards per game passing, like, they're worse than the Lions. Yeah. They allow 20 more yards per game than the Lions. Yep. The only team worse defending the pass than them? The Vikings makes I, a whole everything makes sense now. Tried, everything makes sense now. I tried to tell you on Sunday the gap between the Titans and the Lions is not that big. Uh, That's I'm, fair. I'm with you that I think the Titans are a good team, but I think you are staying on that really good bandwagon a little might, longer than I it should be, be. I might be staying on it a little bit longer than I should. <laughs> yeah, I definitely see. Uh, the the graph of the Titans and Lions this year have been trending in opposite directions, and they're probably about Most the same definitely. point right now mm-hmm. and trending opposite. Um, yeah, especially when you look at their future. Like, the future of the Titans is definitely going down. The future it's of the bleak. Lions is... Yep. Like, next year, I would absolutely say that the Lions are going to be better than the Titans next year. Um, I'm going to go with the Chargers. I'll go with the Chargers. I I think it could be a disaster for the Chargers matchup wise, if Derrick Henry gets rolling, um, which he absolutely should in this game. Yeah. But also, it could be a matchup nightmare for the Titans in the passing game and yeah. just allowing. So, 
I guess with that, I'm going to go Chargers. All that, all that to say, Chargers are the home team. I'm go- I'll stick with the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, we're not we're not disagreeing on a lot this week. Kind of an agreement not. on most of these, and yeah. I have a feeling we're going to be agreement on the next one. We've got yeah. the Cincinnati Bengals heading on down to Tampa to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road. The Bengals are three and a half point favorites. Uh, this Bengals team, they're getting hot, man. They're getting hot. They're taking care of business. Um, they're doing what they got to do. And they're facing a Bucks team that just got blown out 35-7 uh, versus a rookie quarterback. Um, so I'd be a fool not to pick Cincinnati. I think that Joey B and the bunch are going to take care of business um, and get the, get the job done and move one step closer to locking up another AFC North division title. Um, so I've got the Bengals. Who you got, man? Uh, which I got the Bengals. I don't think very much of Tom Brady, uh, as, as we've discussed already, he's a doo-doo head. He's a doo-doo head. Uh, give me the Bengals in this one. Yep. 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 So let's head on over to Sunday night football. We got a flex game. This game was flexed a couple weeks ago, I believe. Flex! The New York Giants head on down to Maryland to take on the Washington Commanders. Uh, NBC loves them some NFC East games on on Sunday Night Football. Um, I personally would have rather seen the Jets and Lions, but I understand that when they made this flex, those teams, you know, it was still question marks around them. Yeah. Uh, Last time we saw these two teams meet, they ended in a tie. Uh, if they play another 70 minutes, I guess it'd be 70 because 60 plus the 10 minutes of overtime. If they play another 70 minutes and end in a tie, I don't know what we're all going to do. Um, but I got, would I would almost guarantee it would be the only time in NFL history probably two teams have tied in the same year. Probably. Uh, I've got Washington. Washington are four and a half point favorites. I like the commanders more. I think I've I've never bought into the Giants fully. Um, I've wanted to. I think at times they have looked good. Um, but they really the story of this team was that they're scrappy and they won a lot of close games that they probably shouldn't have won because they're scrappy and they fought back and they made big plays at at the right time. Uh, but that luster has faded uh, and they are no longer that same scrappy young bunch. I think they're still capable of putting up a fight, um, but they're just not doing it consistently. And yeah. I like I like where this Washington team is at a lot more. Um, I think that offense is fun to watch. I think the defense has stepped up and made some big plays whenever they've had to. And Washington's coming off a bye. Um, so yep. I've got the commies. Who you got, man? Uh, are the Giants not also coming off a bye? I no. don't know. Wait. I don't believe are so. They? I think they just they usually They usually double bye. Like, if, if a team had a bye, they usually play them against somebody else who had a bye. <clears throat> no, they just got blown out against the Eagles. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going with the commies as well. I think that they're uh, the this commanders team under Heine has been absolutely like dra- like night and day different. I mean, yep. abs like crazy how different this team looks. Um, you know, and obviously they've got Brian Robinson who got healthy around the same time, so you know you might be able to pin some of that on him too. Sure, um, but. Whatever it is, when that happened, um, this team looks very different. So I, I think that that continues here. I think that the commanders are 
Really good football team. Terry McLaurin, to me, it's the most underrated receiver in football. Um, and so, yeah, I really like the commanders in this one. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's roll over to Monday night football to a matchup that looked a lot better a year ago than it does currently. We have the Los yep. Angeles Rams heading into Green Bay to take on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, currently, the Packers are seven point favorites. And I have to say, this is tickets are as low as $32. I don't remember the last time I saw tickets wow. that low for a game at Lambeau Field in December. Um, yeah. That's that's a very big deal about says a lot about where this team is at currently. Um, part of me really wants to pick the Rams because of the Baker Mayfield story, because of how much I like Baker and yeah. how hopeful I am that he can find some level of success out there. But this Packers team's coming off a of bye. I think they're figuring hopefully figuring some things out maybe i mean maybe it hasn't been announced but maybe jordan love starts this game uh maybe they turn it over to him for the rest of the season i don't know i don't know what to feel about this team currently uh it's not good their playoff hopes are slim um i'm going with the packers i guess who you got man yeah pretty funny that like if before this the year started if you had said that the Packers and the Falcons were going to have the same record, I don't even know which way I would have leaned. Like, would you have leaned this way or would you have leaned towards the Falcons being really good? No, I would have leaned towards the Falcons being really good. Um, or I would have said, I would have thought they probably would have been like eight or nine win teams at this point. Yeah. Like, like the Falcons were better than expected and the Packers were maybe a little bit worse than expected. Yeah. Uh, but not this. this not is crazy. this. Yeah. No. Uh, mostly from the Packers standpoint. This is yes. just you know, yes. very disappointing. Um, yeah, I'm going with the Packers. I think that they have found their identity. I think that they're coming together on defense. Um, they're they're realizing that maybe they're better being a run-reliant team. And maybe that's offensive line related, like I talked about with the Panthers and the Falcons. Um, or, or maybe it's just sheer talent at this point. Like, yeah. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, that's a that's a solid duo. Maybe the second best duo in the league after Pollard and Zeke. Um yeah. I mean, I really like this duo of running backs. And so um yeah, give me the Packers in this one. I, the the Rams are just I, I don't know that Baker Mayfield's gonna be able to do much better than Stafford was. And even then that he Baker Mayfield doesn't play defense. So yeah. Like, that's not going to help on that side of the ball, which is also anemic. Um, so, yeah, give me the Packers in this one. But yeah, I wonder, I, I, wonder if it's, uh, I wonder if it's maybe a little too late for Christian Watson to make a run at Rookie of the Year. Because uh, he, he's already got, like, six touchdowns in, like, three or four games. He's got uh, a ton of touchdowns. So, you know, there's four games left. Maybe... If him and Rodgers can keep building that chemistry, or if Jordan Love comes in and they've got a little chemistry, maybe he can put up some yards, put up some more touchdowns. I think, I think he could put himself in that conversation because there hasn't really been an offensive rookie that has run away with it. We thought for a minute there that Chris Olave potentially would, but he's only got like 800 yards and three touchdowns. Um, yeah. 
Damian Pierce has looked good <clears throat> down in Houston, but he's actually, I think I saw a report today that he's getting shut down. Uh, he's got some kind of injury. Um, yeah. And then Brees Hall went, went injured. Kenny Walker looked good at times, but he's dealt with some injury. Pickett hasn't been great yet. So there's definitely, I think, a chance there. Yeah, for sure. Be, that, that's, out strong. That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Crazy. Especially given the way his season started. <clears throat> but, yeah. Well, that will do it for week 15. Um, some interesting games this week. Uh, there's a couple of really good ones, and there's some that are just like, do we have to have this? Like, does this yeah. have to be a matchup? Um, but I'm excited. It should be another good week of football. Uh, this whole season has been spectacular. So I expect to see more chaos and for it to be another good one. Uh, but as always, we appreciate you listening however you are listening. It's on Spotify, Apple, Google, YouTube, whatever. We appreciate it. Um, come, come follow us on our social media. Watch the madness take place on Twitter uh, that Blake is creating over there. Uh, come hop into the Discord and have some fun with daily sports conversation and movies in general and whatever. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we just talk life and fun stuff in there. So yeah. come hang out. It's a good time, but we appreciate it and we appreciate the love and the support. Uh, I think, as always, that's that. That's that. that.